0: Hey, what's going on? It's John, and it's time for the J-Martcast for Monday, November 29th. What is going on? How are ya? My friends and family, it's so nice to be back with you. I'm the happiest man in the world, and that's because I have a brand new baby daughter. She's actually right here in my arms as I'm recording here on Sunday morning. Sunday 7 or 8 in the morning, and uh, my wife just finished feeding her, and uh, she's getting some sleep now. Because obviously she's been feeding her through the night. And uh, it's my turn to just hold her and make sure she's good and everything's fine with her. While wifey takes a break and gets some sleep. So yeah, I'm over the moon. Just so happy to be a father to a daughter. Holding this little bundle, soft little bundle of joy in my arms. It's the most amazing feeling in the world. So yeah, strap yourselves in, buckle up. I'm going to tell you the birthing story. So... We were going to uh, have an appointment on Tuesday to have this uh, external cephalic version, which means that the doctors were going to try to rotate her from the outside to point her head down because she was a breech baby and uh, was not turning to go head down, which is the safest way for the baby to be born, of course. And so we were going to try this uh, version to see if that would help. And that was scheduled for Tuesday afternoon, I believe, 1 or 2 p.m. And so on Monday evening, because we knew we were going to have this appointment, my parents came and picked up my 2-year-old boy. And um, that was the end of the night, basically. We went to sleep. And then before morning, at 2 a.m., I get woken up by my wife. And she's like, John, my water broke. (laughs) and i was like so out of it so sleepy and it didn't it didn't make sense to me i just had no idea what she meant and basically she turned the lights on it was super bright in the room and i'm like kind of dizzy and not really loving the bright lights at 2am in the morning so i just i got up and turned the lights off and went back to bed i was like <laughs> not really Getting what was going on until like about five minutes later i was like oh wait that means we have to go to the hospital right (laughs) so i was right we had to go to the hospital and i'm like so are they gonna still try the version and my wife's like no the water broke dummy like you can't do the ver like this version without without the water oh there she is waking up a little bit let's see if we can capture her some sounds from her yeah, well, you have something to say, baby? <laughs> so anyways, uh, we got it. Luckily, like I said, the kid, the boy was already with my parents, so that was well taken care of. And over the weekend, we had uh, gotten all our bags packed and ready for the hospital. So it was actually no trouble at all getting ready to go. So we got to the hospital in an hour, by 3 in the morning, and by... <clears throat> 6.15, baby was born healthy and all good. She weighed in at seven pounds, five ounces. I'm not sure what what her length was, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, because she was a breech baby and never fully turned head down, there was uh, no natural birth offered. We had to go through a C section. So we did that, and um, the procedure was... A little weird for me because basically i had to be separated from my wife and then she went into the operating room and got her spinal got everything kind of prepared and then when i guess it was basically go time i was brought into the or and i was uh, not allowed to watch the actual uh operation the procedure they had kind of like a divider on one side was carly's head on the other side was her belly and i had to go to her head side and just kind of look at her, her look at her in the eyes, I guess, or hold her hand maybe. And then on the other side of the covers was where the surgery was happening. And I guess they needed a clean field because there's like a couple of times I rose up to look at what was going on. And I was yelled at and told to sit down. Uh, Later on, not at the time, later on, it was explained to me by my wife that they needed a sterile field and I needed to stay away from there to keep it sterile, which is fair enough. But nobody explained that to me ahead of time, and it just felt weird to me at the time to, you know, be there with my wife having like this major surgery done on her, but I'm not allowed to watch any part of it. It's strange. Strange. Maybe I'm wrong in this, but like, uh, shouldn't someone be watching that? I mean, there's probably going to be some way. There could have been some way to have me be able to watch it and while well, still keep the field sterile. But anyway, I'm just complaining, of course, uh, and showing my new ways of mistrust. But that's just me, I guess. I mean, it's funny because, like, before the uh, surgery happened, they give you a bunch of uh, paperwork to look at. And one of them th- is this thing about erythromycin. And they have this thing like erythromycin, I believe it's an antibiotic, and they used to put that on the baby's eyes. And now they don't do that anymore. And they have a little piece of paper for some reason that they give you to read, which says this, and... You know, the nurse is trying to be super nice and be like, well, we used to put it, but now the government or not the government, some sort of uh, medical body association is saying that we don't do that anymore. But the government has ordered a whole bunch of this erythromycin, but they're super busy with, uh, you know, this COVID stuff. So they haven't gotten rid of it yet. But as soon as the COVID pandemic is over, they'll get rid of this erythromycin. But for now, we're just giving you a piece of paper that says that, you know, we we don't put it on your baby's eyes anymore. It's like, okay, I'm pretty sure we got the exact same spiel last time before the pandemic happened for my first kid. So this is clearly not pandemic related. This is clearly just incompetency related. Somebody for some reason decided it was a good idea put, to put antibiotic on baby's, baby's eyes. And they ordered a whole bunch of it. And now they decided they don't want to do that anymore because it's actually not that great and now they have a whole bunch of erythromycin left that they're not going to use for this. So instead, they just give out a little piece of paper saying, oh, we're not going to do it anymore. Oh, the government's working on it. Yeah, okay. It's just I found that super ironic because at the same time, you have to sign another form for um, the fact that we're you know, fully vaccinated, right? Another forced government mandate that everybody gets, you know, Vaccinated. Everybody gets erythromycin, All the babies get erythromycin on their eyes. All the people get vaccinated with COVID vaccines. Oh, but we were wrong about the erythromycin thing. Sorry about that. We're not going to do that anymore. But you still got to make sure you get the COVID vaccine. Anyway, that kind of. Sorry, I'm just complaining a lot. But, uh, you know, hospitals are not a happy place. They're. It's surprising just how it's a place meant for like the propagation of health you could say but it's like the some of the mo- least healthy the most unhealthy environments i've ever been in just the food alone like hospital food is is just bad That's that's all i'll end it there it's just just bad you don't want to eat hospital food if you want to stay healthy if you want to be be healthy if you want to promote health stay away from hospital food anyways the back to the birth story enough complaining about things when I got there like I said I had to stay on the other side of the screen let the doctors do the surgery luckily that part of it went well the baby was out in no time she was beautiful the moment I saw her we weighed her and I got to finally hold her and had to do some skin to skin with her and have her like uh yeah, just on my chest. It was the best feeling ever. I fell in love with her immediately. I cried. And all those negative feelings I was having about the hospital and the doctors and nurses and everything that was happening around me and how I was out of control, all that melted away as soon as I saw her. Forgot about all those worries and just, yeah, like I said, teared up and I was in uh, in my happy place. Yeah, and then uh, luckily, after all that... Uh, went into our postpartum room. We had to share a room with somebody else, which was not an, not the best, but what are you going to do? We only had to stay at the hospital for 30 hours, just over a day. The minimum is you got to stay at least 24 hours because there's a blood test that they do for rare genetic disorders or whatever at the 24-hour mark. Luckily, this time around, the 24-hour mark was like, like she was born at six in the morning. So they came to do the, the heel prick. That's what they do. They, they, they do a heel prick. Cause I guess that's a good place to get blood from, from a baby who's not, you know, doesn't have that much blood to begin with. So the nurse came in at six 15 in the morning and she did the heel prick and uh, got the blood. And I, as soon as she was doing the heel prick, I right away got into my like hating hospitals mode because it's just like, I I mean I uh, I understand the utility of doing a blood test for rare genetic disorders because then there's some actionable things you can do if there if you do detect something and you can you know it's 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 overall good but just the way that it's being done it it really bothered me like they. Prick the heel and then they like squeeze the foot as hard as they can as if like you're juicing like some sort of fruit or something like like if you're squeezing a lemon trying to get every last bit of juice out of it that's kind of what she was doing with my baby's heel trying to squeeze like whatever blood she can out of that into this little, little vial and then there wasn't much coming out so she just kept doing it over and over again and then she would like squeeze the crap out of the foot to get blood into the vial and then she would check the vial to make sure she's got enough. And then she would go back and squeeze some more in. And then she did that like at least 10 times. Like I started counting and I got to at least 10. Like midway through, I started counting and I got to 10. And it's just like, just do it enough times so that you have the blood all in the vial and then check once to make sure you've got enough. Don't just keep going back and forth. That really bothered me. (laughs) But again, I'm just complaining about something that like it's a privilege to have access to, you know, Western medicine to make sure that my baby's Born safely and i'm I'm a happy father afterwards i I get that I see that but you know i I can't also hide away from the feelings of you know anger that i that i that I get when I see my baby being pricked and squeezed when you know maybe she doesn't necessarily need to be but anyways, that was over, and then we had to wait another like six hours or so and then we were out of the hospital. I'm so proud of my wife she even though she had a c section she's still able to walk out of the hospital like you know thirty hours after the operation so she's a trooper, she's a gangster she's like strong a f and i'm I'm super proud of her and you know like I don't know if I would be as strong as her so she's a she's a gangster, and i love her I love her to death. I love her for giving me this beautiful daughter this amazing gift and i love her for being so strong for after the whole thing as well but yeah so that's it i feel eternally blessed to have such a baby such a beautiful baby daughter i can't put it into words how happy i am she's been an amazing baby so far like i'm just enjoying this second baby so much more than the first time because it's just way less anxious you know i already know what to expect i know what to do and uh, i can just be in the moment way more and enjoy it She's uh, oh yeah. I should, should probably say the name for the baby. Her name is Rose, Rose, and her middle name is Lucine, which is um, an Armenian word, which translates to mean moon in English. So Rose Lucine Martirosyan, uh, welcome to the world. You're gonna you're gonna be an amazing person. I know it. Her nickname is gonna be Rosie Posy or Thug Rose or. Or thug Rosie Posey, I haven't decided yet. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, she's been latching really well and drinking her milk really well, unlike her brother. Yeah, she's doing really well with that. We are having no trouble, or Carly is having no trouble feeding her. She's been sleeping real well, getting lots and lots of uh, sleep in. She's sleeping in my my arms as we speak. (laughs) Very easy to get her to go down. So yeah, it's just been a totally different and a con- still amazing experience. Let's see, what else do I want to talk about today? Oh yeah, the I was doing some squats and lunges in the postpartum unit as we were waiting for like uh, all the things to be done before we could leave because you're just like sitting the whole time waiting for the baby to be born and then, uh, you know. She's finally born and still not a lot of movement involved. You're just kind of holding her, still sitting there. And then at the nighttime, I didn't have a cot or anything to sleep on, so I had to, like, share a bed with my wife. <laughs> so that was kind of weird. And just my body got stiff from the very little movement that I was getting, so I just got decided I was like, all right, I'm going to do a light little workout. Started, to, started doing squats and lunges in the postpartum unit. <laughs> People are giving me some strange looks, but I didn't care. You got to get that blood pumping. And the only, or not the only, but the best way to do that is with squats and lunges. (laughs) So yeah, that's the birthing story. And uh, I'm going to keep it short today just because obviously I got a baby to take care of and not a lot of free time. So let's move on to do a quick Bitcoin update. Bitcoin's been crashing recently. The price is down to 54000 456 dollars as we speak one sat one satoshi will buy you 1836 uh, or sorry i got that backwards one us dollar will buy you 1836 satoshis remember satoshis are the smallest unit of a bitcoin one bitcoin can be broken down into 100 million satoshis so get your stat sats get your sats start stacking some sats asap while it's cheap you know, buy the dip. That's all I. That's all I can tell you. But as I always say, what makes Bitcoin special isn't that the price goes up. It's the fact that with Bitcoin you can fight financial repression. It's financial repression by central banks who are using monetary debas- debasement to hide the truth from people. But that's. A long journey that people have to go through on their own to figure out. I'm just trying to help you by pointing you in the right direction. One thing I'll use to point you in the right direction is all the podcasts I've been listening to that have been helping me kind of open my mind to these things. The most recent one that I highly, highly recommend is the latest episode from the What is Money podcast. The What is Money podcast is uh, hosted by Robert Breedlove and he most recently had a guest on, who he interviewed, named Raul Pal, and this guy's kind of known for giving a very nice, broad macroeconomic view of the world and what's going on. And so, yeah, definitely check out check out the What Is Money show, check out Robert Breedlove, and check out Raul Pal. And uh, this um, this episode, I'll try to help boil it. Boil it down a little bit as much as possible, kind of, to kind of give you an idea of what to expect if you do end up um, listening to it, and I highly recommend it. It's like a two-hour episode, and it's worth every every minute, every second to listen to it. But the guest, Raul Pal, provides this huge macroeconomic framework, you know, spanning back decades, and to help boil it down, ultimately, what he's saying is that. The demographics of the U.S. population, but really the world population post-World War II, led to lower and lower cost of capital as interest rates have been dropping basically for decades at this point, now to zero. (laughs) And so this lowered cost of capital has accelerated the pace of innovation And with this accelerated pace of innovation, now we have the potential to basically change everything, change the nature of demographics themselves, change, you know, humanity, society, nation states. And they make the argument that, you know, the innovation has already changed the nature of money with Bitcoin. And that's just the start. So there you go. There's a little uh, preview for you if you want to check that out. I highly recommend it. It does a much better job of explaining things than that brief 10-second thing that I just said. But yeah, that's it. I'll end it there today for for now just because i got some more important things to take care of. Thank you, everybody, for listening in, hearing my birth story. I appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks again. And uh, reach out to me on social media through email newsletter at jmartfit.com or at jmartfit on Twitter and Instagram. Stay active, be grateful, and have a good week, everybody. J Mart out.